Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. I don't have an issue with, like, I don't have one issue at all because, like, I know before every season, your goal is to be in the Super Bowl. So even in the offseason, you're going to tell people, yeah, we're going to be there next year. We just left it last year, the year before. So, yeah, that's our goal is to get the Super Bowl. So, like I say, when you do multiple tight end sets, then all of a sudden you can run, you can pass out of it. And so you don't become as predictable in those sets like that. So hats off to the enemy and them guys getting that thing done. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to another Chief Concerns tonight. It's a, it's the Dunn and Dash show, and I'm here with obviously our, our former tight end Jason Dunn. And you know, I had a rep, I had a rep our guy here, I had a rep JD. Yeah, right, yeah. Do it. <laughs> do it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> But um, I, have to, I have to address an elephant in the room. Everyone knows I'm a Sixers fan. And, you know, um, obviously my team got eliminated on Sunday with the game seven loss. Um, and, you know, Ben Simmons has been killed in the media, killed on social media. Uh, man, I think it's, I think it's unfair. I, I love Ben Simmons. I've been the pro, I've been a process guy since day one. And I think it's unfair uh, to, to what's being said about him. Um, the guy had some personal issues going on. The guy is an outstanding defender, first team, first team all defense, a two-time first team all defense, and second place in um, defensive player of the year. And everyone who follows Philadelphia uh, media, they know they always say Phil De- the, the the greatest threat uh, to Philadelphia athletes is the is the media there. And Jason, you obviously you know you played for the Eagles, you played in the NFL for a long time. What kind of obviously? Kind of tell us about your like kind of I guess history with the, the Philadelphia media and what would you tell Ben Simmons if you were to talk to him today and just tell him like look man like things are going to get better I mean just kind of talk about your your, your process and when, and when it comes to Philadelphia media and just dealing with adversity in a, as a young professional. Yeah, well, so I tell you what, man, I I think Philadelphia media man is probably one of the toughest uh, to deal with. Uh, here uh, in the United States, without a doubt. I mean, I, through my experience, and like I said before, I think, you know, L.A. and maybe uh, New York, you know, bigger bigger markets, of course, but I think as far as, you know, coming down on players, Philadelphia, man, is brutal, absolutely brutal. And the thing is because, you know, you got to realize that it's a blue-collar town, 
that you got all those worker, hard workers from South Philly and just, you know, the steel workers and all those different things, man, all, all get into like that, that adage part of like, you know, the media coming out and talking to guys like this. Uh, and so I, I, I had, you know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, uh, tight end that was with me in Kansas City. Oh, well, I'm sorry. In Philadelphia, he was telling me, he said, look, J.D., he said, look, don't don't read any newspapers or don't read or listen to any of the radio. He said, because if you do, you're going to get a complex. I was like, wow, really? He was like, yeah. He said, man, serious, it's bad. And so, of course, you know, curiosity gets the best of me. So I go on, I turn on the, the radio going home one day, and while I'm driving, they are absolutely killing us. I mean, they handed it to us. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what? Like, this is almost like we were the opposing team somewhere. I mean, they were absolutely brutal, brutal. And so that's that's what you deal with, man, in Philly, man. It's hard fans. It's hard living. It's hard people up there. So they 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 expect a lot more. They expect that. So which is, you know, most teams do that, but they they have a whole different way of, of approaching it. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so uh, and, and I'll say this. Once I got out to Kansas City, uh, it was it was all tame. I remember uh, uh, reading something in the paper and, and some guy, maybe Whitlock or somebody had said something. And I was like, oh, man, that ain't bad at all. I was reading it <laughs> like a love letter. It's like a love letter right here. You know, little soft punches right here. So, uh, and you got to realize, uh, we, we had, at the time I was up there, we had Howard Eskin, who was still up there doing his thing right now, and Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith was up there, you know, with himself, uh, you know, being uh, critical as well. But... <laughs> Uh, my advice to him, to be honest with you, is, listen, you know, he's a young guy and, you know, he has a lot of pressure and expectations on him because he's a first round pick. Um, you know, he, he was dating like one of the uh, the uh, uh, Jenner people, or Kylie Jenner or Kendall, one of them. Mm. So that's another Hollywood type of deal. <laughs> so, man, he's, he's going to have a lot of uh, pressure on him and, you know, eyes are going to be on him. But, you know, his performance on the court. It's one of those things that people's going to be critical of, right? He didn't he did shoot very well. He was horrible from the uh, the free throw line. <clears throat> but to be honest, man, if he has some some loving people around him, which I think they're going to kind of address it, uh, it's easy to dismiss people just like that. Uh, oh, get rid of this guy. He's a bum. This Oh, man. And like we were talking about a couple episodes before, uh, you know, that's tough to deal with. It's tough to deal with. And so Doc, being the, the type of coach that he is, uh, uh, it would be uh, uh, imperative to get him some help, whatever it may be, just mentally to deal with it, take some of the pressure off, let him understand some of the things he has to, he has to go through, uh, just part of, you know, just being a professional professional ball. And so Ben's just got to kind of really take a step back and dissect some of the things that he's going through mentally uh, to get past, you know, this hiccup that he's, he's, he's dealing with right now. So that's my thing. Surround yourself with great, positive people. Uh, take the pressure off yourself as much as you can. Separate yourself from basketball for a little bit and get back into the sport that you love uh, without those type of pressures, man. Because it's hard. Once you get into your head uh, not to do something, it's tough to get out of it. It really is. And the only one that you can do it is uh, affirmation about you know being great, being a first-round pick. You're a great player, like you said, uh, you know, up second in, in in votes for defensive player of the year. So he has all these great elements about him. Uh, yeah, he needs a little work, but that's fine. You know what? Shoot, we all do. 
we all do. And I think that's uh, one of those things that uh, is important that he is taught those things and given that message constantly from this point on. And, and I, just, just you talking about that is hearing you go from Howard Askin and Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith and then to Jason Whitlock, two of probably one of the, for, for different reasons, two of the more, you know, outspoken sports journalists of our in the last uh, 30 years, to be quite honest with you. So that's interesting that you got You got to take it. You got, you got a little of both those guys. Yeah, man. And I, I, I look at it. I mean, really at the time when Whitlock was out there, man, he was like a pussycat up there, man. in, in Kansas city as compared to how the, how the media was in, uh, uh, in, in Philly, but mm-hmm. you know, with is, with is on a whole different level right now doing this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what's, what's getting me paid and guys got to do the things to get them paid. Of course. Right. Yep. So, you know, that's, you know, whatever that is. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and another, another story before we get into the, the show um, is, so Travis Kelsey, months ago, Travis Kelsey announced that he'd be doing a tight end university uh, with different tight ends in the league. Him and uh, he and uh, what's his name? Um, George Kittle were, get, were getting together for this yeah. uh, and with, with a bunch of other tight ends. Now, I mean, obviously, social media was is much bigger now, so they can kind of push it that way. But was there kind of like something like that when you when you guys played? Like, you know, I'm you and Tony obviously were boys, so you guys did everything together. But were you guys? Did you guys ever do anything with other tight ends from other teams? Uh, no, no. That's uh, you, you know what, man. That's a great concept. It really is. Uh, and you know, just kind of thinking about it, you know, guys would go, of course, and go work out in Arizona, maybe Florida together. Uh, but it was it was a diversity of guys, right? You know, linemen, linebackers, quarterback. It was everybody just kind of getting their work in. Uh, but to you know, I, I guess uh, concentrate just being tight ends. I mean, it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I think a lot of it, what they're trying to do for one, is you know, you get to see the competition that you you know you out there you're performing against. I mean, as far as like you know, stat wise and what guys are doing to be successful, you know, because young guys is going into it as tight ends, man. How you not going to learn from, you know, Kittle and, and, of course, Travis Kelsey, right? So uh, they're going to have some great ones, man. Hunter Henry, I think uh, uh, some other guys are going to be into it as well. I forgot all the names, but uh, part of, uh, I think, the deal is guys want to get in and they want to express and talk about maybe negotiations for tight ends. You know, because to be honest with you, we, I don't feel, and they feel the same way, that we don't get our due as far as, uh, you know, what the importance of what it means to a team. And so uh, we're kind of on the bottom rung of getting paid at every position out there in, uh, in the NFL. And so regardless of how great guys are, even Tony during the time, I mean, he wouldn't get paid like a wide receiver or, you know, a, a tackle or a defensive end or a linebacker. It just wasn't happening. It's definitely not a quarterback. And so that was an issue. That was a problem. Because once that market is set, the teams are like, okay, well, we're only going to go up so far with this, right? Because we can. That's just going to be our, our nego- negotiation uh, ability right now. Uh, so, you know, guys are kind of restricted on what they can do. So that was the reason. I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Jimmy Graham trying to become like a wide receiver. He's like, well, I'm going to get paid like a wide receiver. But no, you got TE tight end attached to your name. So we're going to pay you like a tight end. So it's just like, well, I want to become a receiver. Well, we're going to say, well, you are decent receiver we ain't gonna give receiver money and so that was like that that whole the uh s- semantics of going back and forth with the craziness so uh i hope these guys man get this thing down because i know that's part of like look you know what look we're one of the best in the league right now and we need to be paid like we're one of the best in the league 
You know, I'm tired of just, you know, getting these scraps out here and say, hey, you're a great tight end, maybe one of the best in the business, but we're not getting paid as such, you know, as compared to, all, you know, all the other positions. And so, uh, hey, man, celebrate that. Hats off to him. To the tight ends, baby. That's it. Sure. Be interested. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep up with him because I think it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, uh, no doubt. But, yeah, man, it was, it, it's, it's Travis Kelsey and, and Kittle uh, did a tremendous job getting this thing together, putting it together, and getting some young guys out there. So good. Yeah, and I think like even since obviously since you guys played, I mean Tony was you know one one of the best you know him and Shannon Sharp and Antonio Gates if you take that kind of that era uh, was one of the best receiving tight ends of all time. And I think in the game is just so evolved so much where now it's like you know he, he always says it on on the show. Travis Kelsey's a receiver. He's not a tight end. He's a receiver. And that's right. what he kind of says a lot, a lot of these guys. Darren Waller, he's lining up as your ex-receiver now, I mean, essentially. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's like, as the game has changed and it's gotten to point out the pay's gotten better, but the pay scale's kind of grown for everybody. Uh, I would say running back's probably – it's probably dropped since you guys played, actually. Running back used to be pretty oh, yeah. high, high up, and that's dropped. But yeah. I would say tight ends have, has gone up, but is it to where wide receivers are? No, not close. But, you know, I think it, it takes stuff like this to kind of like garner that appreciation with, with the tight end that, and they can get this tight knit, like kind of a, like kind of this alliance and like kind of a union, really a tight end union. And, yeah. you know, and they can, and that's what the, I see tight end U at university, a tight end union, really. And that yeah. can actually preach and get them, get them a higher pay structure and a, a pay scale. Well, the, the, the reality is this, man, they put up wide receiver numbers. And the thing is, not only do you have that responsibility, but also too, you got to be in line blocking. Right. I mean, guys are not really doing anything like that. You're right there by the tackle. So, you look, you got to know every aspect of the game. The running game, no doubt about it. The passing game, the protections. I mean, these are things that some guys out there on the field don't have to worry about as much. So when, when you, you take that in, in, into account, it's like, wow, these guys are doing a whole lot out here. And, and, and we are. As tight ends, we do. we do. We do a whole lot out there. Fullbacks is another thing that, that guys are doing was – get a lot of they don't get a lot of uh money for it now and so i think the fullback position is kind of uh starting to uh trans trans transform into something different more h back you know you don't really have a, a true fullback and if he is in there he's only in for a certain amount of plays so uh but tight ends man hey look that, that position is not going away you, you know you can't sit there and say well i'm gonna get him as, as being a receiver well who you gonna get in in line blocking because you still need that, that running back uh, to gain a lot of yards. So, so yeah, man, I'm glad they addressed it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and like, I'm a pro union guy, so I'm, I'm happy that there are any kind of unions are forming the tight end union. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and, can, can, can you imagine, can you imagine those guys holding out on teams like this? You know what? You're not going to pay us. Guess yeah. what? <laughs> We're going to have all the tight ends starting tight ends, not play. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to put some pressure on it. True. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love to see the impact on that. Well, I would hate obviously to see that, but just see the impact of it because it would show teams like, look, this is a big deal. You can't, you're not going in the season with your number two guy, you know. Um right. yeah. it's, it's a big it's a big drop off. Obviously, we have high expectations for Noah Gray, but it's a big drop off from a Travis Kelsey to a Noah Gray, or I don't even know who George Kittle's backup is. But yeah, no, it's just it's true. Well, it's true. It's, well the thing is now all of a sudden you do you talk to Noah Gray, like, hey, look, this is what we're doing, okay. Because this is directly affecting your future. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you become the starting tight end here, they're going to try to hold this against you for not getting paid. And we, and we didn't take a stand right now. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the first or second guy, 
And then what do you do, right? Yeah. So that's always interesting to me, just, just making the whole union comparison. Could you imagine if, like, a position group, let's say the tight end, for this, for this, for this, you know, argument sake, if if a tight end group, not it's usually a player strike or whatever, but a position yeah. groups actually, you know, went on strike. You know, because you, you see in recent years with the the actor uh, the, the screen actors guild, a lot of actors and writers and stuff were striking, and cer- certain ones were striking, certain ones weren't. But if you have positions like let's say writer strike, uh, who's going to be writing the films that were you know were acting out and stuff? So who's going to be blocking for you on the, on the end line if you're a running back or you know or quarterback? If your right. tight ends go for a strike, I'd, I'd be interested to see what kind of what kind of problems that would pose to the NFLPA position groups went on strikes by themselves because they wanted to get paid more. I, I, I mean, it'd be a whole dilemma and I'd love to see what, where that would go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, that, that, that would be very challenging for the NFL. They, extremely challenging, you know, so. Um. <laughs> we're, we're giving ideas to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and last quick hitter before we get to the topics of the show. Uh, before we went on, NFL said this year they're going to allow alternate helmets. And so a lot of teams are going to be able to do their alternate uniforms this year. Uh, if I'm, I could be wrong about this. Did you ever get to play in a Dallas Texan uh, Chiefs throwback uniform? I don't think, I don't think we had that when you guys were playing. Oh, it was uh-huh. like two years after you guys left. I think it was like Matt Castle's first year where we did, where we did Matt Castle's first or second year where we did the, uh, the Dallas Texan, uh, uniform. Okay. Um, are, yeah. How did you feel about those and always and seeing those, but not obviously not playing in them, but how do you feel about playing in those? I mean, it's, 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 it's a good novelty, you know, for, for, you know, a couple of games. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I, I, I like it because it's a, it's a change up of things. Right. Mm. So, uh, that's, that, that's what it's good for. Uh, but man, I, I just like the solid colors that, you know, we had with the, with the chiefs. <laughs> I think I'll, always I'm, in my mind, I'm always thinking what's the name it. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and like the, 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 the B look almost look like the prison look. Oh, I, I just like, Oh my God, if things are so ugly, I just, <laughs> well, the, so. those and the, and the Packers have one where it's like Navy blue and like gold. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Ugly. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a fan of those. Uh-uh. Did you ever play in the, uh, the, the pretty green uh, Eagles, the Randall Cunningham jerseys? Did you ever get to play in those? No, no, ah. either. no, 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 no. Those are probably my favorite. Outside, obviously, outside Chiefs uniforms, those are probably one of my favorite uniforms. Those, uh, those, those green Randall Cunningham Eagles jerseys, those light greens. It, I think when I first got up here, I remember seeing the, the uniform, and I was so happy that we moved over to like the hundred green. Interesting. Because, uh, that light green almost looked like puking a little bit. I don't know. I just something, something about it was just like, okay, yeah, it's time to fold these jokers up and put them up, man. Uh, but I mean, it would have been cool. Like I said, uh, no, no, hey, one time, hey, might have been cool, right? So. <laughs> so I take you're not a big fan of the Oregon Ducks uniforms. That if you don't like, if you don't like that kind of like that, that neon light green, I, I like the neon light green. Uh-huh. But that was like, uh, I don't know, like a, I don't know, like a forest green. I think. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> a little bit lighter. Yeah, it wasn't so the neon gives it just a little bit more right you know, spark or something to it. But that. It, no. Yeah, it was like a pistachio, like kind of mint green. Yes. Yeah. 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 You don't want to walk around looking like a big old pistachio uh, ice cream, right? <laughs> Gosh. Well, what, what would you say is your favorite uniform of all time? Like, just, just in, in you know, 
And we're not, we're not gonna get mad at you because I, I I could see why if you were if you like the black and silver black and silver is nice it, it's pretty I, I do like the whole like Star Wars Darth Vader kind of look and, yeah now obviously I hate the Raiders but you know it's it I, the silver looks nice the black um uh I tell you what man I I used to like uh I think uh you know the Chicago Bears is classic always it's always just kind of classic mm. uh, up here uh you you can say it all you want to but the Bengals I, I like the Bengals look. You know, yeah. the Bengals was like, oh, okay. You know, they had the little stripes on the helmet. and That's cool. You know, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just seeing, and, and there's certain teams that don't really have them. It's, I mean, ours, we have the the, 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 te- the state of Texas on with a little star where the, uh, Dallas is on the, on the helmet. Yeah. And in the jerseys, they don't even, they don't have the, the, the yellow and white. It's just, it's just red. It's just a red sleeve without the, without the stripes on the side. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I like the helmets. Cool. It's, it's a change up. The Patriots one's kind of cool. With the uh, with the guy, like the guy like hiking the ball, that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like the red helmet for them, but yeah, so there's so many cool like throwbacks, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right, we're, we're gonna get into chief concern number one. Uh, so I, I always say it. I feel like there's never not enough chief news every week. We're, we're always getting some kind of headline. This yeah. week, bad headline. Uh, but. We discovered that Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was arrested for a traffic stop. He's been arrested twice in the last few months. Um, but this one, most recently, he was arrested for a traffic stop where the cop noticed an Uzi in the car. Like there was hanging out of the bag, I believe it w- what it was, or allegedly. Um, yeah. Clark has a history of legal troubles. In 2012, he was arrested for home invasion charges. And then in 2014, he was uh, arrested for alleged domestic violence. Um so now it brings us to this. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this and how this could impact the team? And should the Chiefs contemplate letting him go? And I'm sure this is one thing that I'll ask you uh, as a former player. When guys who have a history, are things built into the contracts where it's like we can get out of this if you have, if you do any kind of sort of, pan, like, you know, any sort of breaking the law? Um, yeah. Just <sighs> Okay, man, there's, there's a lot there. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, my thing is this, and, and when the first story first broke, uh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, why is this Joker driving around with a Uzi? In a Lamborghini. Huh? In a Lamborghini. In a Lamborghini. I'm like, where are you going? Like, where are you going right now that you need an Uzi in your car? Look, hey, if, if, if you have a legitimate firearm and you have your license or whatever, okay, fine, right? Okay, you have every right to own that that gun or that, you know, that, that device, but you know, Uzi, not to mention you were just caught, you know, a couple months prior to that. Right. Of, of like the same, like having to conceal, I'm like, yo, what is like, what is going on? And I, I probably had to explore like, man, what is happening? What are you doing? Or where are you going that you feel like you need these guns like that? You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you're going home or you're going to an area that you may not want to, you know, that you need to be in, but, you know, it's like, hey, you know, maybe somebody I know lives over there, then you probably need to start making arrangements for them to come see you, right? Or be at a different spot because I just, I can't see it in, in a situation that you need an Uzi for anything, you know, uh, unless you're like in war or some, some I don't know. I, I, to me, I just, it, 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 I just kind of, it, it popped out on me. So that's that's part of it, but uh, you know this this is a violation, of course, of the NFL uh, personal conduct policy, right? And this is this this is saying that you know being caught twice, uh, you know, so close apart, uh, you know, so close together, 
uh, is going to be issue. It's going to be issue, you know, coming into the season. I think they said this court date is not going to be until maybe September, October. So uh, that's through the investigation and all those different things. It's going to take some time for the NFL to kind of come to it and, and of course, get into their, uh, you know, the committee to talk about these things, right? They're going to have a, you know, deep conversation about, okay, what do we do about this? Uh, but because it wasn't directly uh, related to any type of like domestic violence or any of those things, right. uh, he, they may be able to hold off, you know, from, you know, suspending it right now. So, you know, with the pay and whatnot, or, you know, whatever the suspension may be that comes down on it. Uh, but should the Chiefs move on without him? And everything's to be determined, right? And like, I, I'd have to ask, like I said, like, if you just got caught and for whatever reason, you're still driving around a Lamborghini or any car with a Uzi legal farm, why are you doing it? Okay. Like, yeah, it needs to be some conversation here. I know he said it's his bodyguard and, and whatnot. Oh man. Like I said, man, needing a bodyguard and stuff like that. We, we probably start need to explore, man, you know, places that you're going, you know? So like, I'm just saying just for him, like nobody needs that. And, and if you need to, make some some legitimate changes uh, about those things, then cool, right? And I'm not I'm not talking down to him in no, in, in no regard. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to be safe. I wanted to make sure that he's loving everybody he could, he could be around, if that's the case. But, you know, doing things a different way. Uh, but I, I don't know if the Chiefs need to move, you know, past him at this moment in the point, right? Until everything really comes out and they go through the whole process of, you know, the investigation and, and, and going to court and all those different things. So it's going to be tough, man, because you, you just know, you never know what the, the verdict's going to be, you know, what the judgment is going to be. And then they had to go with the judgment, but uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. When I heard that it, it's crazy and it's, it's still crazy to me, you yeah. know, but you know, you know what the crazy, here's, here's another crazy part is <laughs> I think I've seen a picture of him and they had him with his hair all frazzled on looking all crazy and I'm like oh man like come on man <laughs> like you gonna use that picture of him of course with the underlying Frank Clark Clark caught with an Uzi out here and he's just looking all crazy and me I am just like yo man it's the media is just is messed up man that's, that's TMZ man TMZ knows what they're doing when they when they do that yeah. that's purposely done. Yeah, it's purposely done. Trying to make him look like an animal. You know, he just had it in his mind. You know, he's somewhere sweating. You know, after the game, man, it's like, okay, you're going to catch the worst pitch you could probably look to yeah. make him look like a criminal <laughs> or anything else, right? I just, I, I, I thought it was kind of sad and funny, too. I'm just like, yo, man, like, y'all y'all wrong for that. Y'all wrong for that. So, I don't know, TMZ, and TMZ's had had our had the Chiefs butt. I mean, obviously not Chiefs butt, but you know they had the the Kareem Hunt story that came from them. Um, they did not release Tyreek Hill. That Tyreek Hill wasn't them, but you know they were the ones behind the Kareem Hunt uh, kicking the woman in the um in, yeah. the, in the hotel. So uh, I mean, as much as TMZ, I will say they do a lot of good journalism. But there are also a lot of gotcha journalism they do. Yeah, they yeah. do break a lot of stories that a lot of people are scared to run with. Right. They, I mean, but they they throw crap at the wall and whoever sticks, you know, they go with. I mean, they, they they try everything. That's what TMZ does. Which the problematic with them because a lot of times it's like, okay, TMZ, uh, get out of here. But you know, you keep doing so, that, you're 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 going to get something eventually. Yeah, come on, salacious uh, stories. You know, controversy, man, sales. Yeah. You know, TMZ is in the business for it, man. They are so. Yeah. 
Um, but no, but as far as like the the whole like just the contract negotiations, because I've read so many things online saying if the Chiefs did have some kind of because he has a history, Frank Clark has yeah. a history, there would be maybe something in the contract like if you would get arrested for anything. We have the grounds to just we could cut you and and that's it. You you breach contract. We get all we, we get away with having to pay that that lo, that amount of money he's getting. He's getting a lot of money. Well, I think a lot of it's kind of built in anyway. Well, you know, because you know, teams have their own policy as well, besides just the NFL policy, what it may be, kind of right. detrimental to a team. But I, I think his his uh, uh, you know his last things were a long ago. It was like 2012 and I think 2014. So I don't know if they was like that concerned with certain things, you know, maybe it was just the maturation process. They was looking right. like, oh, okay, maybe we don't have to put this in the clause. Now, a guy like Dez Bryant, I'm going to bring Dez Bryant up for, you know, for instance. Dez was kind of like year after year after year, right? It was just kind of like one of those things. And Frank, because he's been in the past, I didn't even know he had got caught in like 2012 and 2040. I didn't even know that about his past, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that in a clause in his contract? Could be. I'm not sure, uh, but I don't. I don't think because I think his domestic uh, violence was uh, he um, had came down to a lesser charge, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we don't quite know the details of that either. Right. Maybe I, I, at least I haven't looked at it. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah. if you do then you know he's he's kind of screwed, man. He's, he's kind of screwed. So yeah. I do remember that when Seattle, because Seattle had a whole contract negotiation things with him, and that's why they ended up shipping him off to us, is because they were kind of scared about his, what was going on behind the scenes and stuff, and they were kind of just, just scared based on his history and then what they had dealt with, and that, that was kind of why they were hesitant on giving him the big money. Um, okay. That was what rumors and stuff what was being the speculation before um, right. being traded. Um, but yeah, you know, you talk about the fact that you need to go to have an Uzi to go to a neighborhood. I don't know what he was doing, where he was going, but if you that's the thing that's the weird thing about it. If you are going to a neighborhood where you think you need an Uzi or wherever you're going, right? If you think you need an Uzi, why would you be driving a Lamborghini? Cause wouldn't you think you wouldn't want to drive a Lamborghini if you have to use an Uzi in a specific neighborhood or wherever you're going? Right. I don't uh, know. You don't become a target, you know, by no means by driving a Lamborghini down here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're thinking about I'm going to get robbed in Lamborghini. Yeah. You know, how about you just take a van or something down there? <laughs> At least. Dude, you don't make it obvious. Take hey. an Uber. <laughs> yeah, Uber. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down to Lamborghini with my Uzi. I'm, I'm being funny. It's almost like Dave Justice. I don't remember, you know, Dave Justice before your time. I know you know Dave Justice again, but he went to a, a like a prostitute's house in Miami, and he had Justice on the back of his his his, uh, his plates. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like nobody knows who you are, right? <laughs> justice with Justice on the back of your 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 plates. Uh, it's like idiot. What are you doing? Like, oh my gosh! No, come on. You gonna do something like that, man? Like, <sighs> know how to do it? Jeez. Oh man. <laughs> well, that's why you watch shows like Ballers, where they have some. A lot of players have not only their agent, but it's like a player that kind of like kind of mentors them and kind of coaches them. Like, if you like, you know, if you are gonna be doing like stuff like risky stuff, like you know, make sure you do it right, right? You know, that's what right, kind right. of like. So it's, it's it, yeah, that that's crazy. The justice story. <laughs> um, Look, and, and, and look, I'm I'm be the first one. Look, none of us are perfect, right? Right. I'm just saying that sometimes though we, we got to make better decisions. He's got to make better decisions about what it is he wants to do on the field and make sure that you know whatever the thought process is with him with the with the guns and stuff, you know, hey, look, 
you know, and you know, because they said it was kind of, uh, I think when they ran his plates, they pulled him over for like, like a small infraction. Yeah. So we don't even know if it's like targeting, like, hey, man, look, this guy got caught with a gun a couple months ago in the same, in, in L.A. Hey, guess what? Let's just go check. Yeah. Right. And it goes through because they know who you are. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't care where you are, man. If you are a star in the NFL and play police stations, all these, they know you. News media, they, they know you. And mm -hmm. so when he came up, oh, yeah, Frank Clark just got caught, you know, drug possession or, I mean, a gun possession a couple of months ago. You know, they go through that. He's like, oh, okay, <laughs> let me go yeah. check again. Come on, you got to know this. All right, so we're going to go a little lighter uh, news uh, for the week. Um, so our next concern this week, Travis Kelsey told he was on Sirius XM's NFL channel this week. And he said that last season was a failure because, quote, it doesn't mean a thing if you ain't got the ring, end quote. Mm. Do you agree with that uh, with him that 2020 was a failure for the Chiefs? Uh, failure uh, in regards to winning it all. Uh, I guess you could use that. Uh, but in all aspects of it, man, I mean, they're winners. I mean, they're doing things that I mean, they got to a place that. 30 other teams didn't make it to. And so I understand you have high expectations. And, and to him, that's that that's what it is. It's the, the high expectations of winning it all is hey, uh, what is what is uh uh Ricky Bobby say? You know, if you're not first, you last. Yeah. So th that's that's what he's saying. And, and and look, you know, for somebody who's never been to the Super Bowl, I'm like, man, in every aspect, man, that's that's success. Success getting to that point, right? Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's highly competitive, he's a highly competitive team. And especially if you have the ability and you have the pieces around you to win it all, I get what he's saying, you know, especially for him. So it's just like, look, man, we're we looking for the ring. You know, we're not looking to get second place. We're not looking to get a pat on the back. We're not just win, you know, a few games or just get to the playoffs. We got the ability and the people in here to win it all. We already done that. And we got here this year and we lost. So, to, to me, it's a big failure, right? Because everything that you're doing during the offseason, you know, all the hard work, everything you're putting in the effort in is to win that ring, to hold up that Super Bowl trophy. And so, absolutely, that, that to him, he's like, look, this is it. This is what we're going for. This is, you know, we're the best in the league. We think we're the best. We know we're the best. This right here. If you ain't got the ring, we ain't win the thing. So, I get what he's saying. But in, in in reality, them jokers are successful, man. No, no doubt about it. So, uh, great team out in Kansas City right now. I have to just talk to them, man. We enjoy watching the play, uh, and we're gonna keep holding them guys up, man, as much as possible. So, you know, we got his back. Got his yeah. back. <laughs> well, and I think the thing that you kind of hinted at, you know, a lot of players don't get to go to a Super Bowl, let alone win it, let alone go to back to back Super Bowls. You right. know, so it's like it's one of those things. It's Obviously, it comes from a place of competitive spirit and yeah. also privilege for the fact that he won one and not winning, not going to one and not winning one. You know, that is a failure because I've already tasted I tasted it and I want to keep tasting it. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, once you become a winner, it becomes infectious, right? It becomes a habit. And so it's like, that's my expectations. My expectation is to win it every single year, right? So I get it. I do. I get it. You know, it's just like you said, it's a competitive spirit, man. That's all that is. Right.
Yeah. Can't be mad at him. Can't be mad at him for it. Not, not at all. And the fact that we get we have a guy like that in our locker room who's a leader to a lot of the young guys, that right. it's 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 nice to have a guy like that because you know, like anything short of winning a ring is not good enough in that locker room. And yeah. that's gonna put pressure on a lot of young guys. But yeah, you're going to a team that's gone to three AC three straight AFC championship games, two straight Super Bowl appearances. Mm-hmm. So like they kind of have to, you know, kind of live, live up to that. And these guys kind of want to continue doing that. So it's that's their goal to win every year. And you know what? I'm not. We're not complaining. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That's that's 100 right there. You know. Yeah. So, it's not that's true. That's 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 good to have. Like you said, that pressure on it, and expectations. That's good to have. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and, and I will. The one thing I will say is like you know, talking to you and Eric, you guys never got to taste the the Super Bowl feeling. So it's like. And for, to, to each his own, right? One person could say, "Oh, that's a failure." One person could say, "No, you know what? I I got to. I didn't I didn't get the ring, but I got to the the, the pinnacle game of where you where every player plays to get to, where every kid dreams of playing." No one ever says winning the Super Bowl. When you're a kid, you say, "Oh, I want to play in the Super Bowl someday." You know, no one ever says winning the Super Bowl. It's, I want to be able to play in the NFL someday. And then once you get to the NFL, you're like, raise the stakes a little bit. I want to be able to play in a Super Bowl. You get yeah. you get the check check mark. So. Like I said, it's a, it's it's the competitive, competitive nature, but it's also a little bit of that little that Super Bowl winning ring privilege that he's got now. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, like I said, man, once you become successful, man, it's hard, you know, not to shoot for that, uh, to you know, to be the best when mm-hmm. you know you were the best, and you know, you, you feel like you still are the best. So yeah, if you know you underachieved, then yeah, we got something to work toward. You know, so yeah. great motivation. Yep. And I'm glad these guys are still hungry and hopefully we can get to uh three in a row and uh, get two out of the last three. Right. Right. Yeah. Not comfortable. You know, it, you know, comfort. Hey man, that's a, that's a bad place to be sometime. You know, you come to, Oh, we good. Where are we at? We at, we, Oh yeah. We successful. We had a, oh no. Uh-uh. Oh, we want it all. Oh, all or nothing. All or nothing, baby. All or nothing. It's great. It's a, it's a, it's a great way to be. It's a great way for like, a guy like we mentioned Noah Gray earlier, a great situation for Noah Gray to be in a guy behind a guy like that who who, pre, who you know pre, prepares himself every week to get you know to to get to the, the, the ring. It's not that Sunday; it's the following Sunday. It's the fo- Sunday after that. It's the it's the Sunday in in early February that he that he wants to win. So it's like yeah. it's great to follow in the footsteps like that. Mm-hmm. I guess for you would be J- Jimmy Johnson as the as that tight end who is that who is your driving force mentor, right? Right. That's right. You know, and, and Jimmy, did he? I don't know if Jimmy won one. He was with the Redskins when they went. Oh, was, in the early nineties with the yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with like ninety one. Then they went in like ninety one or something. Well, they won with uh, Doug Williams, and they, I think Rippin was after that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Might have been Rippin. Rippin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, it's, it's good. I I saw some Chief fans were upset by him saying that, but like, I mean. I, I mean, are we, are you really, is that, you know, it's great. You know, we're better than the teams like the Raiders and the Chargers or and Broncos who haven't sniffed that. And, well, Broncos have, but the Raiders and Chargers who haven't sniffed the Super Bowl in a long time, but are we really want to compare ourselves to the bottom of the AFC West? No. Right, right, right. Well, so it's almost like, you know, your parents is like, Hey, you know what? Like you did a good job. Like, don't be, don't be mad at that. You, you know, Hey, you, you don't have to be upset with that at all. You did a great job. You gave it your all. It's like, nah, I wanted it all. I wanted to win. You know, everybody's sour about losing, right? So, nah, man, keep that edge. <laughs> keep that edge, man. <laughs> keep it. 
All right, so okay, so our last uh, concern for the night, it's a good thing for the sports world. That's the NFL, the sports world. Um, this week, so Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. And, you know, I'm sure there's been, the NFL's been around for so long, I'm sure there's been a lot of guys who've been in locker rooms. And I'm sure their players probably knew they were gay, but, you know, not actively. And the fact that Carl Nassib came out publicly and is open about it with an Instagram video, that was awesome. And kind of the, the the feedback he's been getting since has been amazing. Since then, his jersey's become the top-selling jersey on Fanatics. So it's every sport. It's the top-selling jersey right now. Um, but as, as former NFL player, what is the significance of seeing a guy finally come out and as an active player coming out publicly? I mean, what is the significance, J.D.? Uh, you know, significance, and I think for, for him – uh, is, you know, representation matters. That's the significance of it. And so um, him coming out, living his truth uh, to everybody was what was important to him. And for him to, like I said, that representation of, you know, his community and what he believes, you know, he feels in his heart uh, was something that that is important. And so uh, I, I remember he was, was talking about a foundation he, he gave money to. I think that, you know, helps with, you know, young teens that that they go through. Uh, and so that that's a good thing. If it helps, you know, keep anybody from being harmed doing those things, man, that, uh, you know, you can't just be happy, you know, more than happy on something like that. So, uh, as a, you know, just as a former player, you know, I, 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 I know guys are accepting of these things, right? They, they really are. And, and that's a good thing because sometimes we just need conversations. We need to have great civil discourse and talk about these issues that, that go on, that play guys. And I know if, if anybody is being uh, talked down, ostracized, uh, ridiculed, or treated in a different way because they're different, uh, whether it be their sexual orientation, uh, then that's wrong. That's wrong. But the, the reality is this, okay? And, and this, this is kind of had a talk about it because I'm like, okay, well, good. He came out and he said that he, he's living his truth. Uh, now the question goes, is anybody else doing that, right? Is anybody else doing that? Is he making it more comfortable to have these conversations in the locker room? And then two, uh, guys that we know are, were coming out a little bit later, you know, after, you know, they got finished playing. And it's been said that, you know, guys is usually like one or two guys on, on the team are usually, you know, may identify, you know, as being uh, as, as homosexual or whatever. Right. Uh, and so he's opened up the door, I think, for the conversation, you know, for guys to come in and, 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 and talk about these things, because here's the reality. I know he's getting an outpour of 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 support, you know, and, and, and gratitude, uh, which he should. On the flip side of it, there's going to be people that don't like it, that's going to have issues with it, who don't understand it, and may not support it, right? And I think those people needed to, to have a conversation to talk and talk to him about whatever issues that you may have and come with love and grace. So everybody's on the same page and understanding. Because it, it, sometimes what it is, man, is just fear. People have fear all the time of things they don't understand or they don't know. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's the issue. And so we got to do a much better job of like loving each other, 
having loving conversations and conversations coming from a great place to say, look, man, I don't know what this is. I don't understand it. You know, because that's, that's the reality. Some guys in the locker room is not going to like it. They're, they're just not. Um, and so I think it's important, you know, for him, the organization, for the NFL to have these conversations and these issues to talk about, right? Because the question is going to go into, well, okay, well, what are we going to do now? What's, you know, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? Uh, and the thing is, like, look, man, his sexual orientation has nothing to do with what he's going to – there's no bearing on what he's going to do on the field. Like, it ain't going to change any of his sacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to change any of his tackles. You know, he's, he's going to be out there a better guy. So it, it doesn't matter, you know, his choice is what he, he, he's deciding to do. He's going to be the same ball out there on the field, and that's what needs to be understood, right? That, hey, hey, look, he's living his truth, he's living his life. So be it, right? You know, you, you accept him. You love him. He's going to be your teammate. You love him for him being your teammate, right? As opposed to who you might think the guy is and whatever else he's doing. That's not – and 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 I get sometimes people's like, well, why did he come out and say this? Like nobody else uh, uh, expresses their sexual orientation, right? Well, why has he got to say it? I, you know, I don't really care about these things and I don't need to talk about it. Well, maybe this is something he was holding on. He felt like he couldn't really move forward with these guys by saying like, look, maybe I'm doing something that might be, uh, he may feel is uh, not himself, not his genuine self, or maybe somebody he's, he's not organic with his teammates and he feel like he might be lying about who he is, right? What a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us do anyway. And so him coming out saying, look, I, 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 I got to talk about this, you know, because I don't want to, you know, alienate anybody else. And I don't want to feel alienated about this. So it's good to come out. I heard a quote the other day by James Baldwin. James Baldwin's a you know, great writer, uh, African-American writer, and, and uh, wrote several books. And he said, which was so, uh, so profound, was, I told people that I was gay so they couldn't use it against me. So they couldn't, somebody couldn't say behind my back, hey, I see James over here doing this, right? And try to use it as, as a weapon against me. So my thing was, I told pe- you know, people who I was. And <laughs> you ain't got to go behind my back and try to tell me who I am because I told you who I was when I came out. And so I'm giving you this to accept me for who I am uh, and then you deal with it from that point in that regard, right? And the problem might not necessarily be me, me, be me, it may be you. And so I thought that was so profound. I was like, wow, that's that's a great way of saying it. Uh, you know, just kind of, you know, hey, look, have these conversations, talk about these things, right? So even if guys may be uh, uncomfortable about it, this is such a great topic to talk about these societal things that you, you can get an understanding. And have these conversations. It's not saying you had to agree with everything. Look, it, hey, he's still the same guy. I'm out here playing defensive end. I got my number on my jersey. Right? I'm going out here to win the game like you're trying to win the game. So, man, look, we got we just got to do a much better job, man. Like I said, of loving one another, accepting one another, and you know, saying, look, I'm gonna celebrate you for who you are as an individual and as a person. Okay, as a football player, and I'm gonna love you because of that. Right. So that's the important part, uh, talking points of these things. And like I said, man, representation is, is, is key. It's important. Yep. Representation is key. It's, so. it's one of those things, too, like, um, 
you, know, you talk about living your truth and that's what, that's what he, he made mention of. It's, you know, it's like, well, those things it's these guys, you, you guys go out and play you're, you're with your teammates all the time. Right. And you might actually get, it might translate on the field where he's not wearing this on his shoulders all the time. And who, it probably wasn't bothering him to this extent, but you know, you know, you never know how it can mess with the psyche. We talked about it earlier with the Ben Simmons situation. Now that it's gone, he said that like, Hey, I'm, it's out in the open. It's public. No one can use it as a weapon against me. I don't have to live a lie anymore. I can just go out and be myself and, you know, just play football. You know, right. and who knows? That could that could be a a a, a translate on the field. I mean, that's obviously not the reason why he did it, but and who knows? That could you know that could translate on the field for you know not living the line anymore, just being his free self. He can just ball out now, you know. Right. Um, and you talk about representation. I love that because it's you know sa- same reason why as as a kid I idolized you. You know, I idolized so many players growing up. You know, and I'm I, I, I'm not gay or anything, but it's one of those things where now kids in the LGBTQ community and you know, kids growing up and stuff, they can actually see a player where it's like, like, you know, like that. I want to be like Carl Nassib, you know, I want to be able to, to, to live freely, be myself, come out to my parents and let them know, you know, that I, I am gay or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever it is. But right. he he's that figure now for a lot of these kids that they can grow up wanting to be like Carl Nassib. You know, it's like I can be a football player. I don't have to be the straight macho kid to go to the the, the football weight room in the locker room with with my with my buddies. No, sure. that has nothing to do with that. If I, if I just can be my 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 free self, I could go. I can I can do that stuff. And who knows? I don't know the numbers of this stuff, but who knows how many kids probably did play football maybe their freshman year, but you know, being in a football locker room, it's you know, it's we, we, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a challenge. It's yeah, a challenge for sure. Challenge. Right. And, and here's the reality is it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah. You no. Know? So straight, gay, it, it's a challenge for everybody. And then I think that's why I say it, it, it's very important to have these conversations, you know, where you can at least talk about these things. Right. Is this going to have any bearing on, on, on me playing out here and me making sacks? Yeah. Uh, no. All right. That's it. Hey, <laughs> come on in. What do yeah. feel? Right. So. And, and like I said, man, people people have their 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 thoughts and opinions about you know whatever you know the lifestyle, whatever they think, and his choices. You know, it, it's everybody's choices in life, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to have an opinion about it one way or another. My thing is, does this do anything to his ability on the field to do his job, or affect and not for you maybe not to like him or love him? Because of that, that's the question with me, right? Yeah. Look, I, and, and I'm look, I'm 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 a Christian. Um, I live my faith freely, right? And testify for that. And my thing is, I, I I'll, I'll say that we got to be loving, right, to everybody. If, if if I'm espousing, you know, who my savior is, about loving and accepting people, then. I, we got to have this talk and this conversation. We got to do it, love, and with grace. We have to have these conversations, right, to understand these things. Now, you know, we, we could go into, you know, what, you know, things say in Scripture. That's, that's you know, that's a whole different conversation on things, right? Yeah. But if I'm just looking at you and just like, if I'm just looking at you and I don't know that you're gay or whatever, I can't sit there and say, I'm going to hate this person because of that. that. That's the ignorance that people have. It's the same thing like with color or gender you know, being a male or female, like like you said, look, you can still be the macho guy, right? Yeah. You can still be the macho guy. Shoot, does it make you a bad person? Yeah. No. So let's let's just you know we got we got have a conversation. 
about those things. And I, and I think it's having the conversation is important. Yeah, and I think in, in this whole car and NASA situation, like you said, whether you, you know, whether you're whatever side of the table you're on, on when it comes to this, right? He's he's gonna make by him coming out, and as amazing as that is, it's gonna allow other players to maybe want to do this. But regardless of that, it's going to make people have a conversation now where My- Michael Sam, when he came out, uh, coming out of, um, of college, I mean, everyone had the conversation at that point, but this guy is, uh, he's a starting DN. He plays, I mean, the guy, I think, I think he was a first round pick, um, out of Penn state, I believe. And, you know, it's going to make people have this conversation. I think it was third round. I think third was, round? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to, he's going to make people have his conversations now that he, he, he said this and, and quite frankly, maybe a lot of conversations people have avoided for such a long time. And now that's once it comes to the forefront now, and maybe other people come out in five years time, this is not, this won't be a story anymore that guys will be coming out publicly. Yeah. You know? and, look, and in reality is still going to be some people who are not like it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Whatever way. I mean, it's just, you know, that's, that's the world. That's just yeah. how things are. Uh, and like I said, the approach, I think it has to be like some understanding and then look, and I'm going to say this. Okay. I'll be completely real with this. Grace and understanding and awareness has to come from both communities. Okay. When I say that, I'm saying even with the LGBTQ community, they still have to understand that people have to understand these things as well. Like we, we got to meet, you know, in the same sense right here in the middle with things, right? So it can't be like, oh, well, you know, if you don't like him and it's gay, you know, you're being homophobic and stuff like that. Like, no, nah, wait a minute, hold on. You know, because everybody has a thought process, right? And they way of life. So we, there's, there's got to be awareness and understanding, man, to have these, like I said, man, these conversations are necessary. It's necessary. So I don't think that somebody goes in and somebody beats them over the head because they're like, well, they don't like it. And so, well, it ain't about them liking it. It's about what he brings to the table on the team, right? There's some things everybody ain't gonna like, I'm sure, about me. I don't know why, I don't, you know, I'm a good guy. So, you're, you know. you're a great guy, man. If anybody has anything to say, badly say about you, they can, kill, <laughs> they can go kick rocks. <laughs> but I, I think we just, it has to be graceful conversations, right? And and I think that's is so, so important, right? That you don't, you know, you don't just uh, vilify somebody because somebody thinks differently from you, right? Or have a different opinion. I don't, I don't think that's that's not the right approach. It's just not, especially these things that are so uh, so sensitive, right, uh, in society today, that you just have to have these these conversations, man. And it's just things are just so volatile now, man, in this world, man. It's just it, it's amazing to me uh, that we're not doing a much better job, you know, loving each other like we should. It, it really is. So uh, that's my take on it, man. I don't know. I, I just. Uh, you know, you know me. I'm, 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 I'm about you know loving my fellow man, uh, human beings. You know, regardless of differences. Look, hey, we all fall short, you know, of the glory. You know, are we just trying to get there and become better people? That's what we're trying to do every single day. How about we do it together? So, I'm 100 with you, man. You and I have talked a lot on the on the side about just our beliefs and everything. You and I are right there together, man. Um, and yeah, and. I, the last thing I'll say on, on this is I will say like, it, it feels to me where we've kind of gone in a very, like in a, in a, in a more, in a more accepting overall, like the, the when it, when it comes to this, this topic um, of the LGBTQ rights pride month. And that's another thing he came out during pride month. 
And I, I, you know, it's, 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 an, it's another thing in there that he, that he, why he did it this month. Um, yeah. But when Michael Sam came out, like, what was it? I don't know how long ago it was. I was literally on ESPN's top ticker. Is there a problem? Like I remember our first take was talking about all the hot take shows had like, all segments at lengths about it. I don't even think, I, I think the, the, the day NASA came out with it, it was a, it was a topic for a little bit, but it wasn't as overblown as the old Michael Sam thing. It is, it's that's becoming a more, it's norm it's more normal and people are you know accepting it more accepting it more easily now. It's not being this like oh do you, would you agree with this you know it's it's more just like oh Colin Nassib came out of the closet, right? That's right. it. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. I hope I hope we can all have conversations and we can all kind of accept each other and just be good people to one another regardless of the race you are, regardless mm-hmm. of the creed, right. ethnicity, gender, all that stuff, man. Right. That's right. Amen to that. Amen to that, Marcus. Amen to that. I don't, I don't have a bottle of water with me. <laughs> but amen to that. Nice cold sip, man, on that sediment right there. Cheers yes, to sir. you, brother. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that does it for us. It was kind of an action-packed show with everything tonight. Um, thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. As always, if anyone she's Kingdom has any chief concerns for Jason Dunn or Eric Warfield, one of my two, my two faves. Um, please tweet at us at Concerns Chief. And please subscribe and follow Chief Concerns on YouTube and the Believe Podcast Network or anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, and if anyone wants to be a guest on our show, drop us a DM on Twitter or email us at chiefconcerns at yahoo.com. And we'll see you next week. Jason, good one, buddy. My pleasure, bro, brother. Good seeing you, man. All right. See you too, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.